Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Good evening, I'm Dr. Gina. Welcome to Primetime much of Texas still in the dark today. Solar panels and wind energy, wind energy farms have failed in freezing temperatures as millions of Texans try to actually survive without electricity. Green energy was tried and people have died. But over at NBC, they are still celebrating this unreliable green energy and the sources there. Um, they did an extremely fat, flattering interview with Bill Gates on his plan for Americans to be emissions-free in 30 years. You won't believe this. Bill Gates is talking about saving the planet, being emissions-free in 30 years. Plain and simple, if we don't act now, what's at stake here? The south of the United States will no longer be used for, you know, farming or, uh, you know, have days that you can't go outdoors. The sea level rise, the die off of the natural ecosystems, it gets quite extreme. So it's almost apocalyptic. Apocalyptic is what is happening to the people right now in Texas who are actually dying. Their farm animals are dying. Sea levels rising, can't go outdoors. Farms won't survive. It's the apocalypse. And it's all our fault because we won't all do what Texas has done because we don't want to be like Texas is right now. We just need more solar and wind power to avoid the apocalypse, he says. So continuing with the Today Show, Bill Gates and Al Roker go on to say that the climate deniers are a big problem and maybe big tech, maybe big tech can help silence them. Watch this. Greenhouse gas emissions, 51 billion tons of it, are being added to the Earth's atmosphere every year because of us, humans. It's a subject often met with skepticism. What do you say to the climate deniers, to folks who still say, I don't think this is as bad as you're saying it is? The evidence just, you know, is is so clear at this point. So much of this has been about misinformation. What responsibility do you think that, that big tech has in this? I've seen it personally in terms of conspiracy theories. It's a serious issue. The evidence is just there, he says. But where, Bill Gates? Where? Show me the evidence that isn't funded by the people whose jobs are propagated by continuing the lies that they publish. And just when you think it couldn't get any scarier, far more people are going to die from climate change than in a pandemic. Watch. Climate change will probably kill more people than than a pandemic will. So this is way larger. Sadly, it's way harder to solve. We can't just get, you know, like a vaccine and Mm -hmm. uh, then climate change, you know, uh, goes away. But don't worry. 
Bill Gates has a lot of help from fellow Marxists in government. A man named David Ismay in the Mass is the Massachusetts Undersecretary for Climate Change. And he was recorded on a Zoom meeting saying the way to save the planet is to turn the screws on you and break your will. Watch this. Uh, you know, one thing that we found through our analysis is that 60% of our emissions come from, from, as I have been starting to say, you and me, except you guys are in Vermont. 60% of our emissions come from residential heating and passenger vehicles. So let me say that again. 60% of our emissions that need to be reduced come from you, the person of the street, the senior on fixed income, right? These, there is no bad guy left, at least in Massachusetts, to point the finger at, turn the screws on, and you know, break their will so they stop emitting. That's you, we have to break your will, right? <laughs> I can't even say that publicly. We have to break your will. Break your will, that's what he said. And that's exactly, by the way, what they pay their scientists to do, to break your will by forcing this down your throat, by paying and colluding with big tech to actually force you to believe lies. I told you last night about James Instrom, a scientist from UCLA who was tasked with studying the trees along freeways. He came up with the, the findings of his study and they proved that the trees along the freeways are healthier than the trees that aren't along the freeways. Why? Because trees eat CO2 and the emissions make them healthier and they actually breathe more oxygen into the air and make people healthier in turn. And he found that that's a really good thing. And guess what? They revoked his tenure for it, just like I told you last night. If you don't believe me, look it up. Maybe not on Google. It'll be hard to find because they buried it now. Go to DuckDuckGo or some more reliable source and look up the name James Instrom, E-N-S-T-R-O-M-U-C-L-A. His lie, 60% residential. That's not true either. If you look it up, about 90% of emissions come from top 10 Wall Street companies in the world, from them not from you and it's certainly not from passengers like he said they're going to try to take your cars they're going to try to take your heat just like they did in texas this is where they're going with this folks and you should be so alarmed and you should be so offended that they said they're going to try to break you how is it their business to break you i've been dealing with this climate change hysteria malarkey it's hard to say that word because i want to say something else since i was a little girl my dad whom i love as I have often said, is a rabid leftist. And he's been telling me the world was going to end. We were at a tipping point for my entire life. He'd show me articles like this one from 1967, since before I was even born. The Salt Lake City Tribune said, it's already too late. The New York Times in 1969, we'll all be dead by 1989, they said. Baloney. The Boston Globe, 1970, says we're going to have a new ice age before the year 2000. Did that happen? No. The Washington Post saw a new ice age coming. In 1974, we had space satellites confirming for scientists that an ice age was coming fast. But by 1988, global cooling experts became global warming experts and said predicted long, hot summers and global warming that was coming. And that same year, experts said the Maldives would be underwater in 30 years. And that was 32 years ago. Nowadays, the experts are a little smarter. They don't know what the climate or the actual weather is going to do, but they do know that they don't know, so they just resorted to calling it 
climate change. And this is all so they can break you. They can direct your tax dollars to their projects and to their buddies who run green energy companies and scientific labs that this is all a big feeding trough for all of them and they do this to save the planet as they stuff their wallets full of your money. And that's the truth. Always remember, it's about their power and their money that will leave you with no money and no power. All right, let's head out to America to our hosts and correspondents on the ground. We're going to go first to Carrie Sheffield, the host of Just the News AM. Carrie, what do you have for us today? Hey there, Dr. Tina. Want to let you know an update. There's been an outcry among people on the right. There are crickets on the left about this clip. Take a look. Not everybody in the community, in the Hispanic and the African American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts, know how to use know how to get online. And there you heard our president, President Joseph Biden, saying that racial minorities, they just don't know how to use the internet. Well, I had Pastor Daryl Scott on my program this morning. He is an African-American pastor and a close ally of former President Trump. Uh, and he said that was straight out racist, uh, something that we heard from Biden there. But he said this is a continued pattern that we'd already seen from Joe Biden. This is the man, Joe Biden, in the 90s who called black Americans super predators and he had used uh, or pushed along that narrative uh, coming from Democrats uh, and that he was someone who had also just throughout his career aligned himself with people who were white supremacists, that he praised people who had been uh, in the white supremacist movement. And yet the media, the mainstream liberal media, of course, gives him a free pass. But I know that you, Dr. Gina, will not give him that free pass. And I'll turn it back to you. Yeah, we're not going to give him a free pass. Um, we're going to keep reminding people as he continues to uh, say these blatantly racist things that, by the way, if any of us or if any certainly um, person who was perceived not to be on their side of things said anything of the sort, uh, they, they would absolutely be put out to pasture, Carrie. So I appreciate you keeping us apprised of this. Now let's head out to our Real America's Voice headquarters in Denver, Colorado. Jessica Rivera standing by for us there. Jessica, what do you have for us today? Well, Dr. Gina, tonight I thought I'd touch on something that I'm very often asked about, and it's basically how mainstream media reports a story versus us here at Real America's Voice and how we report. So I thought I'd explain it a little bit for our viewers. First off, all news networks or stations, uh, they get their news information from what is known as a news source. There are multiple news sources out there, but they all pretty much say the same thing. Then a producer will put that information into a teleprompter for the anchor or host to read on air, and it's usually verbatim from that news source. Uh, so this is why you will get news that sounds like this. Take a listen. And the agenda controls exactly what people think. And this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 And that is mainstream media news in a nutshell. And those are what are also known as talking points. But then there is our network, Real America's Voice. We have access to news sources, yes. But where we are different is each of our reporters or hosts are allowed fire management to take a story and report the facts, of course, but at the same time, we're also trusted and given the freedom to think for ourselves when we're doing so. 
And might I add, all of us who work here at Real America's Voice, we don't always agree with each other. Uh, but what is so great about working here at Real America's Voice is we agree to disagree and do not have to sound like robots, like you just heard in that um, soundbite a little earlier. And that is why our, our network is very different than mainstream media when it comes to delivering the news to our viewers. And Dr. Gina, you as our president of programming, I wanted to say, you play a huge role in extending that freedom to us, which is very rare in this business, if at all, and it's very much appreciated. Well, and Jessica, what a great, uh, great piece. I had no idea this is what you were going to bring us today. You always bring us something fascinating, and uh, I have to say, this is really fascinating. And, and as somebody, I'm sure like you, who has worked uh, in many different places, it is nice to be able to work someplace where we do have that freedom and are trusted to do our own, uh, you know, sort of editorializing, as you can see that I just did on that, on that clip of that guy saying, I, I'm still not over it. I'm so hot, I had to have them turn down the air in the studio, Jessica, Jessica because the clip they played about that guy saying we have to break people, I just, that literally sent me through the roof, and uh, I definitely editorialized on that. But uh, we all have the freedom to do that here, and it's nice of you to point that out. Thank you so much. Of course, and thank you. Let's head over to Joseph Weber. He is the news editor at our partners here at Just the News. Joseph, I see over at JustTheNews.com that finally Texas power outages are affecting fewer than one million people. Uh, Joseph, go ahead and update us on what you know. I uh, just saw a breaking news alert here that they've actually got about 2,000 um, homes restored. It was at about 2.5, I mean, um, 2 million, excuse me. It was at about 2.5 million at its height. They said they got it down today to about 1 million. That was earlier in the day. And it looks like they've essentially knocked out basically all those outages and restored essentially power to about everybody in the, uh, across the state. That's a huge effort over a very short period of time. Yeah. yeah. Are you hearing anything about, you know, Texas officials being willing to admit that maybe relying on wind and solar wasn't the most forethought and maybe they should go back to the basics of things that actually work for energy? Well, when you take a look, we've been talking, there's been, a, you know, the, the, the amount or the percentage of uh, solar wind energy that Texas has used been a bit of a political football, but our reporters spent a lot of time today getting down to the numbers, and it's about 25%. That's about one-fourth of your energy uh, compendium. What you really want to try to do is not to have that, um, that large, and particularly um, with one that's maybe perhaps not as dependable as some of the more liable ones over, you know, generations. So they really, you know, I'm sure that when they take a look at how all this went wrong, uh, they're going to take a look at whether they should be as dependent on solar or wind energy as they have in, in the past or in the recent past. All right, Joseph. Well, we appreciate that update. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you. Coming up, who's to blame for the Texas blackouts and for the Americans who've been lost from dying in the cold? We're going to try to get to the bottom of it, and we're not going to let up until we do. More Dr. Gina Prime Time coming up. Stick around. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. 
It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. We learned before the break from Joseph Weber at Just the News that finally fewer than a million people across Texas are without power this evening. The so-called experts say climate change is a threat to our future, but there are several people who actually died in the cold because of a lack of electricity and lots of animals, by the way, and they count too. And this is all because the so-called experts moved a large portion of the power grid in Texas over to unreliable green energy. And that failed when Texas residents needed it the most. Here with me now to discuss former Texas State Representative and Director of Life Powered, Jason Isaac. Jason, good to have you with us tonight. Uh, Jason, we're told that global warming or climate change or whatever you prefer to call it is a threat to our future, but people died as they were sleeping in their cars to keep warm in their garages. People died in fires when they built fires inside their homes because their electric heat wasn't working. Jason, how can we ask people to go green right now and worry about dying in some mysterious futuristic idea of what might happen, which, by the way, has been predicted since the 1960s, before we were even born, um, that people were going to die within 10 years, 20 years, whatever. They've been saying it over and over. I have the newspaper articles to prove it over and over and over. It's a lie. But even if it's true, how can we ask people to die based on a bet that somewhere, somehow, something might happen that might cause the death of someone if we don't go ahead and die now betting on that. No, you're absolutely right. And the left always wants to talk about the math and the science, and the math is actually on our side. You look over the last 100 years, and there's been a 98.9% reduction in deaths from severe weather-related events. Now, when there are deaths, and we're seeing these deaths on the rise in Europe, especially in Germany, where they've tried to go 100% renewable, and the heating costs are on the rise. Heating deaths outpace, or cold deaths outpace heat-related deaths 20 to 1. So for every one person that dies from a heat-related illness, 20 people will die from a cold-related illness. And that's exactly what we're living through right now in Texas. And our, our grid operators and our, our politicians I tried to go green over the last 10 years, and we've had these market-distorting policies that have really pushed this unreliable energy on, on Texas and on our grid, and the reliable energy can't compete in these market-distorting policies. So you can't compete in this environment when your competitors get production tax credits, investment tax credits, get... property exactly. tax and... credits. It's just unbelievable. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I kept thinking you were pausing. Yes, you're exactly right. And let's be perfectly clear about this. This is a mini version, a Texas version of the Green New Deal, isn't it? No, no, it absolutely is. In the last four years, we've added 20,000 megawatts of unreliable energy in the form of wind or solar. We have lost 3,000 megawatts of reliable thermal generation, clean coal or natural gas. In the energy capital of the world right here in Texas, the last place we should be losing thermal generation is Texas. We have an abundant supply of clean natural gas and clean coal technology. 
we're world leaders when it comes to air quality and number one when it comes to access to clean and safe drinking water. And, and this advent of unreliable energy has really hurt our grid. This is something that we actually saw at the Texas Public Policy Foundation happening years ago. I wrote about this eight months ago, warning our grid operators, warning our politicians that we are gonna have a shortfall of electricity. We saw it 10 days ago and started warning people and then it hit on Valentine's night. Our grid operators were asleep at the wheel. Jason, I wanna show you um, how, you know, not just where we are, but where we're going. What a climate change official said in Massachusetts, David Ismay, the Massachusetts Undersecretary for Climate Change, was recorded on a Zoom meeting saying something that got me just about as angry as anything I've heard in recent history. He said, the majority of harmful planet-destroying emissions came from average citizens like you and me. And he says they have to turn the screws on average people and break their will. Listen. Uh, you know, one thing that we found through our analysis is that 60% of our emissions come from, from, as I have been starting to say, you and me, except you guys are in Vermont. 60% of our emissions come from residential heating and passenger vehicles. So let me say that again. 60% of our emissions that need to be reduced come from you, the person across the street, the senior on fixed income, right? These There is no bad guy left, at least in Massachusetts point the finger at, turn the screws on, and, you know, break their will so they stop emitting. That's you. We have to break your will. Right? <laughs> I can't even say that publicly. Can't even say it publicly. Break your will. And Jason, it's a patent lie because about 90% of emissions come from about 10% of big corporations. And that's the actual truth. But they don't want to say that. They want to say that uh, these emissions are coming from mom and pop. They want to take your car away. They want to take your heat away. They said seniors on fixed incomes, for crying out loud. We know that corporate America, the big corporate America, they're not going to be affected by whatever laws they're going to pass. It's going to be you giving up your car. It's going to be grandma giving up you know, her comforts, her heat, for crying out loud. And it's going to be more deaths like we've seen in Texas. Your reaction? while their leftist friends hand out uh, subsidies to six-figure earners that are buying electric vehicles that aren't proving to reduce emissions. And it's interesting that he talks about emissions because he doesn't get specific. Is he talking about harmful emissions? Is he talking about water? Is he talking about CO2? The United States is a world leader in environmental quality. We've reduced harmful pollution, the stuff that actually harms humans by 77% yeah. over the last 50 years. We are world leaders at reducing harmful pollution. When it comes to CO2, the thing necessary for life on Earth, we've even been re reducing those emissions. So, and John Kerry even said it, the Paris Climate Accord doesn't gonna, isn't gonna do anything. They're using these worst case scenarios, it's called RCP 8.5, to scare people. We are nowhere near those worst case scenarios. We need our trading partners to meet our air quality standards because it is impacting our climate and our air quality and our way of health. But it's interesting, yeah. I've heard some leftists say during the pandemic, during the first two months of the pandemic, that air quality improved so much because you know, the economy was shut down and there were 50% fewer cars on the road. That's why we need to go 100% electric vehicles. Well, we actually did the research at the Texas Public Policy Foundation and air quality in some US cities got worse. And that means that our air quality in the U.S. is practically near a natural state that weather impacts it more than man does. 
So I think that friend there in, in New England needs to wake up and worry about harmful pollution that's being produced in other countries like China, India, and Russia. Yeah. And we should be exporting our clean energy around the world. Great point. They just lie. I love the sign behind your back, though. Come and take it. I know exactly where you are, San Antonio, yeah. because I brought yeah. that shirt back for my kids and my producers last time I went there. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Dr. Gina, for having Come. me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Coming up, Governor Cuomo in New York made an enemy. Pretty much everyone in the Democrat and Republican parties in that state. You might just be going down. Stay with us. We're coming up. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, Governor Cuomo's tailspin continues. New York State Assemblyman Ron Kim has been critical of Cuomo's handling of the state's COVID response, especially after Cuomo was busted for hiding the actual numbers of nursing home deaths in that state. Assemblyman Kim, who is a fellow Democrat with Cuomo, is especially concerned about nursing home deaths, considering his uncle actually died of COVID in a nursing home. But Cuomo doesn't take criticism very well. Kim revealed that Cuomo called him a week ago and threatened him, saying, you've not seen my wrath and you will be destroyed. Wow. Here with me now, somebody who has been following this story closely, New York City-based radio talk show host, Kevin McCullough. Kevin, so glad you're with us tonight. Thank you, Dr. Gina. Always a pleasure to be with you. Kevin, New York City Mayor de Blasio was on MSNBC this morning, and he confirmed Cuomo is a bully. Watch this. Yeah, it's a sad thing to say, Mika, but that's classic Andrew Cuomo. Um, a lot of people in New York State have received those phone calls. Uh, you know, the bullying is nothing new. Um, I believe Ron Kim, and it's very, very sad. No public servant, no person who's uh, telling the truth should be treated that way. Um, but yeah, that, the, the threats, the, the belittling, uh, the demand that someone change their statement right that moment, uh, many, many times. I've heard that, and I know a lot of other people in this state have heard that. Now, Kevin, I've said on your show and mine many, many times, one of my favorite things to say is that Republicans circle fire while Democrats circle wagons. But, Kevin, did you know about this rift between, between uh, Cuomo and de Blasio? I can't believe de Blasio is actually willing to publicly criticize Cuomo. Did that surprise you? Not at all. It's been a, it's been a kind of a public secret, uh, at least in the tri-state area, that de Blasio huh. and uh, Cuomo do not get along. In fact, throughout all of pandemic, they have been basically biting at each other's heels. And to be candid, uh, Mayor de Blasio has gotten the better end of Andrew Cuomo in nearly every one of the scraps. And I say that with some reservation because of the two, Andrew Cuomo was at least at one point in time in his career pretending to be a centrist Democrat. Uh, de Blasio doesn't even pretend, he's just a far left guy. But the truth is, what, what Mayor de Blasio said right there is absolutely 1,000% true. The Cuomo family, going back to Mario Cuomo, his father when he was governor, they have a long line of uh, being very um, 
well, exerting their power, let's put it that way. And when they want to get um, people in line, they have always uh, seemed to have uh, a way of doing that. Uh, in, interesting thing about um, the Democratic Party in New York State, there used to be a separate conservative Democratic caucus that oftentimes would work with Republicans in the state assembly. And Andrew Cuomo actually kind of came up with the system where that separate conservative Democratic caucus was allowed to exist. It functioned well. It still voted with the mainstream Democrats on some uh, spending and other issues, but they were allowed to uh, divert on things where they felt like there needed to be conscience, even some pro-life matters and so forth. Patrick Moynihan came up through that, uh, that system. Of course, he was uh, a great senator, even though he was a Democrat from the, from the state of New York. But in the last uh, five or six years, Andrew Cuomo, because of the challenge that the progressive have, have really posed to him and his power base in the state, uh, decided to dispense with the conservative caucus. And he did it through similar means. He just said, if you want any business with, with Albany, you're going to have to go through me, and I'm not going to talk to you if you're part of this caucus anymore, Fun fundamentally kind of breaking that up. So what that has done is it's, it's, it's given Cuomo at least another couple of gasps of oxygen while the AOC de Blasio wing of the party is still in full. I mean, they're challenging everybody. They're, they're, they're primarying everyone. Um, the old patronage politic Democratic Party is not as successful as the new AOC activist Democratic Party. Those guys have a lot more times on, uh, time on their hands. They, they uh, oftentimes work in the uh, food service business, <laughs> bartending. So they have uh, daytime hours to do things with. Uh, and, and so this has presented a real problem with traditional Democrats in the state of New York. And Andrew Cuomo has not taken any of it well. And he's handled all of it pretty badly. Well, it's interesting. Uh, you know, he may just have to give that Emmy back if he's not careful, because I thought he was a better actor than that. I thought he'd be able to hold himself together in private conversations. Apparently, he lost his cool, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Kevin, just the news is reporting the FBI and federal prosecutors are investigating Cuomo and um, his administration's handling of these nursing home deaths. Kevin, I don't have much confidence in the FBI when they're investigating Democrats, quite frankly. But I think Democrats are ready to make Cuomo go away. You know, sometimes when the chips are down, people begin to pile on so that they won't look bad in reflection of one of their own. Um, is this really where we are? And if so, Kevin, what does the lineup look like to replace him? Well, it's, uh, there is a lieutenant governor in the state of New York, so there's, and nobody knows her name, but uh, she would be next in line, obviously. The, the, the challenge here, and I, I have an appreciation for what you're saying about uh, the FBI, although I will say what the president's son, Don Jr., told me many times, and that is that the field agents of the FBI, the door kickers, they are out there with their life on the line, just like the NYPD every single day. We, we love the door kickers, those bureaucrats yep. that really tried to work Trump over when he was president, I, I have a, a lot of distaste for. But the everyday men and women of the FBI that are working uh, in, in very tough circumstances to try to crack very serious crimes, uh, we owe a lot of gratitude to them. And I think they're the ones that are working this. Interesting, though, there could be as many as four separate investigations opened up onto Cuomo. The New York Attorney General's office, which is really uh, was quite surprising when when she came forward and said originally that the deaths, that the numbers did not match and they were wildly off, a lot of us knew that. A lot, it was, again, kind of an open secret. A lot of us that were paying attention said there's no way that the deaths are as low as they are. 
But the New York AG's office was the first one to say, but these don't match. And she may open up an investigation. The Democratic uh, caucus may open up an investigation. And certainly the uh, House Republican, the, the Senate and the, uh, the Assembly Republicans could certainly do the same thing. And there may be uh, a state's attorney that would look at it on some sort of federal level as well. So you could have as many as four separate investigations going on. I think what you're going to have happen is that there's going to be some culpability that is ultimately laid at the feet of Andrew Cuomo, and he's not going to be suitable for office beyond the current term of governor that he's in. Kevin, over on CNN, uh, Cuomo had his brother, the governor, on to show his uh, his show, you know, countless times, and to show right. what a great family they the are. Who could forget the huge Q-tip? Pardon? Who could forget the huge Q-tip? <laughs> right, right, and uh, in, in to show you know how close they are, what you know, what great sense of humor they have. Um, but um, it appears that now he's been banned by CNN. They haven't been showing him off. They haven't been having him on. Um, and what do you make of that? Well, that should have happened years ago, literally, like a year ago. It should have happened because when when Governor Cuomo was building his kind of political capital, he was doing it based off of two things his appearances on CNN in the evening and his uh, kind of prime time made for TV uh, press conference that he was having every day. I literally had little old ladies in northern New Jersey calling me saying, I just love it when the governor's out there just, you know, fighting for us. And I'm like, he's not fighting for you. But that all that aside, uh, he went on to accept an Emmy. He went on to write a book about what a great guy he was. He sold a poster of himself <laughs> for uh, political fundraising. He had huge fundraisers in the middle of the pandemic when Nobody was supposed to be gathering together, and he traveled out of state to a state he wasn't supposed to go to, did not quarantine before he left, and did not quarantine when he got back to accept his Emmy. I mean, this is a, this is a double standard with skin on. Everywhere he goes, it, uh, it is the uh, essence of what a double standard looks like. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, Kevin McCullough, always a joy to have you on, and I really appreciate you. Uh, keeping track of these guys. I, I tell you, if, if it's corruption, it's happening right there in New York. And we trying to keep it real, Dr. G. Just trying to keep it all real. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Kevin. Coming up, the cancel mob is back again. And we're going to tell you all about their newest target coming up next right here on Dr. G in Primetime. Stick around. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Stand by because we have a cancel culture story coming up right now. Bachelor host Chris Harrison thought he could hide from the cancel mob, but they're still coming at him. Remember, Harrison announced he would step away from hosting the Bachelor TV show for a while when he was accused of being a racist for extending grace to a contestant on the show who attended an Old South-themed party called an antebellum party, when she was in college. And everyone knows if you suggest giving grace to someone who dressed up as a southern belle and went to a party, then you must be a racist. And now 
Chris Harrison might lose some of his other jobs. Crest was using Harrison in their teeth whitening commercials, and they're reconsidering that decision by all means. Of course, Chris Harrison has apologized all over himself, and uh, that wasn't enough either. The cancel mob only wants scalps. There is no room for redemption of any kind. Here to discuss from the Arctic tundra of Dallas, Texas, David Harris Jr. and the socialist land of San Diego, California, Andrea Kay. I should be nicer, though, because it's not even funny. David, where, mm. what you're going through is actually not funny at all, and I am angry as heck about this. Uh, the rolling blackouts, I, I, I want to give you a chance at least to comment on what your politicians have done to you in the name of green energy there in Texas. Well, thanks again for having me on, Dr. Gina. Um, yeah, it's crazy here in Texas. I'm in North Dallas. We thankfully uh, have not had to deal with the power outages that so many of my neighbors have. We have the ring, and I get the alerts from neighbors that are dealing with no power or just cold water now for several days, and obviously that's still just uh, slight, slight incumbrances, uh, uh, inconveniences compared to what some people are just without power completely. Uh, it's freaking freezing here. I mean, I, I'm from California. I like warm weather. Uh, I can deal with hot weather. I don't like cold weather. This isn't what I what I thought about Texas. But these historic lows here in Texas, uh, the power grid, these green energy power plants that I hear our politicians uh, here in Texas pushed for, it should be a wake-up call to every person when you hear Joe Biden push everything about his Green New Deal. You know, President Trump said it on the uh, campaign trail over and over again, we cannot rely solely on green energy. And this, uh, this has been a catastrophe for so many millions of Texans to, that, that we've had to just try to deal with this green energy. So, uh, you know, for me personally, I feel very blessed, but so many millions of Texans have been reeling with the frozen, cold weather, negative degree weather uh, that, uh, that we can only blame green energy. You, you can't be 100% reliant on that, and this is proof. Is proof definitely. Yeah, I just sit here in warm, sunny Freedom, Florida, where we're open and our government doesn't impose mask mandates or any of the other stuff. And I just think y'all could come here. But let's do get back to our topic of Chris Harrison. David, in my opinion, the biggest mistake that Chris Harrison made was to apologize. The cancel mob doesn't accept apologies, they want cancellations. Uh, David, do you have an opinion on that? Well, I think you're 100% right. They, they want your scalp. They want to cancel anybody that goes against their narrative, anybody that sticks their toe in the water of anything that looks like uh, mercy or grace for a person. Uh, you know, I, I, I've never been to one of those Southern Bell things. I can't imagine that every single person that goes is making an attempt to use it as a racial demeaning factor of what they're wearing and what they're going to. Most people probably didn't even know it was uh, something that would be considered negative years later. Yet in this heightened, tumultuous, uh, tumultuous uh, scenario, this environment that we're in right now where they want to cancel everybody, and especially when it has to do with race, you know, I think he was just trying to give her a pass, but he, he has to, he obviously forgot that he was still not too big to cancel because that's what cancel culture will do. They'll go after anybody and everybody. Uh, and yeah, you can't apologize. As soon as you apologize, it's like blood in the water, these piranhas. Uh, these social justice warriors that just say, oh, yeah, now he's admitted he was wrong, and we got to go after him at every turn. So it's pretty disgusting that that's where we're at right now in our country. 
where uh, people get off, get off literally by just trying to get people fired and take their business from them. And that's, uh, you know, Chris is obviously extremely wealthy, uh, but they're doing it to the little people. You know, I saw that they, uh, uh, an edge, uh, a literal, uh, literal literary agency canceled, fired literally one of their employees just because she was on Parlor and on Gab. Just because she was on Parlor and on Gab, uh, they fired her. No, no questions, no nothing. So it goes from the highs to the lows in this culture that we're in. It's pretty scary um, to think about. Totally is, Andrea. Uh, you know, I, I, Chris Harrison was so proud of the diversity on his show. He must have said the words first black bachelor literally a thousand times. It got so old. And, and, and he's being called a racist for it. And it, to me, I thought colorblind was what we were going for. But I must be confused. Well, yeah, clearly you are, because not only are they not colorblind now, but in New York City, they've actually put out to the schools now something for the parents, uh, identifying that there's actually eight regimes of whiteness. And so, you know, the, the, the reason why Chris Harrison, they didn't accept his apology, because there's really no end game except total of, of this cultural Marxist cancel culture that we're in right now. There's no end game to it except until they have complete control over society. And of course, by the way, there is still redemption going on uh, with the liberals. I mean, this, this this is the party that gave redemption to Robert Byrd, the former KKK, of, you know, the, the uh, former Grand Wizard or whatever it was, Grand Dragon, whatever they called him, of the KKK. He deserved redemption. Hillary Clinton, actually, it was okay for her to say that he was her mentor. But this gal, and look, you know, full disclosure, I was in a sorority at a school at LSU, and K.A. had Old South, and a couple of my sorority sisters... Yep. Uh, went to Old South, and I actually stood out on the steps of our sorority house and actually watched the procession and all that. And Chris Harrison was right when he said that this girl probably just thought, you know what, she's getting dressed up and going to a party. And that's exactly what it was. But it's not going to end. And so, and I got to sit here and go, okay, yeah, LSU doesn't have Old South anymore, but what's next? Are they going to tear down our sorority house? Are they going to tell me I can't eat black eyed peas and, and cornbread on New Year's Day? Because now that's cultural appropriation. And for a moment about Chris Harrison, this is a dude who has presided over the, the, a cheese fest called The Bachelor now for how many years? And there was never even a whiff, a whiff of him ever being inappropriate to any of the women. He never did a Joe Biden sniff and grab. And yet this is how they take him down. If they can take down Chris Harrison, they'll go after anybody in Hollywood. Great point. All right, guys, I want to switch it up a little bit and show you something that happened over at MSNBC. Nicole Wallace and her guests wished aloud that they could cancel Donald Trump's entire existence on planet Earth. And they enjoyed watching the Trump building in New Jersey being demolished. And they played the implosion of that building on repeat on that show. You won't believe it. Tim, I saved this for you. And I feel a little, um, well, I don't feel bad playing it. Let, let me play this. This is the implosion of a Trump property. Is that a metaphor, Tim? Are we done? Is the Trump? Is this Trump and already ushered in? Are we done? Is uh, I'm just bathing in this for a second. Right? Nicole, Can just we play it again? Enjoy, you know, I've heard um, from from folks when I'm you know firing off tweets about Trump, telling me to shut up about it. And we should just <laughs> be quiet, and not talk about him anymore. And I understand that point of view. Everybody wants to move on. I wish we could just kind of blow up uh, uh, all the Trump buildings like that with nobody in them, and just kind of erase them from our memory and man, men in black style. But like we can't. Um, you know, the, the poll out yesterday had him with over 50 percent for 2024.
Blow up all Trump buildings. Erase him. David, Trump derangement much? He is still living in their heads rent-free, Gita. <laughs> he is living in their heads. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to talk about. It, it, the, the derangement is to a whole new high. They can't talk about what Biden's doing because if you look at what Joe Biden's doing, his most one of his most recent moves is to actually stand up for a pipeline in, in Turkey or Turkestan uh, that the Taliban would actually get funding to help uh, take care of. Uh, meanwhile, he's canceling the pipelines here. So give the big middle finger to the American workers, but hey, let's let's support the Taliban in this pipeline in another country. Uh, it's absolutely disastrously, yet you won't hear about that on the mainstream media, and you won't hear about that from these pundits that had frothing at the mouth, spewing hatred of Donald Trump and everything that is Trump for the last four years. Now that he's even out of office, they still just, he's living rent-free in their head. Uh, I really just hope that the people that are watching those shows wake up and say, you know what, that's not how I want to be. I don't want to live with that kind of hatred and, and darkness in my heart. Uh, hopefully they wake up to that when they look in the, look in the mirror one day and they start praying. Because uh, if they don't do that, I mean, the, 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 the ugliness of that darkness is real. Uh, and it's nonstop on most of the mainstream media coverage. And Andrea, do you think that the people in their audience really want to watch buildings falling? I mean, is this how desperate they've become for audience at this point? Yeah, I think I couldn't help but as, that, as the Trump Tower was falling, I couldn't help but flash back over to the seven months of businesses burning across the country and in which they called it peaceful protest, but quite frankly, they celebrated it. How else can you describe it? When the now, uh, you know, Vice President uh, Kamala Harris actually paid bail to get some rioters out that participated in that, one of which, uh, in particular, went back out on the street and committed acts of violence. So they absolutely celebrate the tearing down of businesses in this country, uh, literally and figuratively. All right, guys, stay put because it is time for our meme of the day. And here we have a Chris Farley-looking character. He is tired of living through so many historic events. David, is oh your hair goodness. going to look like this soon? If I let it grow out, Dr. Gina, I think it would look like that. I mean, it has been a whirlwind of a 2020. 2021 does not, I'm sorry to say, uh, in the natural at least, it does not look any better with Biden and Kamala in the Oval Office running this country, uh, we've got to just hold on to our britches, hold on to our hands, our pants, hold on to whatever we can. It, it, right now, it's, it's really the time to focus on what matters most, Dr. Gina, and that is our family, that's our loved ones, that's all the good things that we have in this country. We have to believe uh, that because we live in the greatest country in the world, that we will continue to be that. Uh, we've lived through some pretty horrendous presidential administrations in the past, uh, and we've come through some pretty amazing, amazing uh, times and, and overcame some massive struggles and challenges as a country. I believe that we will, too. But, yeah, that, that, that meme is a perfect depiction of, I think, what so many millions of Americans are, are feeling emotionally right now. They say that that doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's actually a Nietzsche quote, which I think he's a big commie. But, uh, Andrea, is that true still? Yeah, I think it is. Well, for the ladies, I think we might need a different Im image. You know, I, sometimes things have to get worse before they get a little bit better. For us, Gina, maybe it's the image of when they're trying on the uh, the bridesmaid dresses in the movie Bridesmaids. You remember after they ate some bad meat? 
I'm thinking for us, it, it might end up being like that with maybe you running out in, in the middle of the street like Maya Rudolph. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to get really <laughs> ugly before, but eventually it will get better and we will be celebrating at the end because you know what the foundation of America in part with much, not just in a small uh, measure, but in large part to, to President Trump and the foundations that he laid for four years with all the different ways that we don't have time to go into now, but the easing of taxation and regulation and beyond. And so uh, we might have some tough times ahead, but we'll come through it. All right. David Harris, Jr. and Andrea Kay, thank you so much for both of you being here. Thank you, thanks Dr. For Gina. Me. And of course, thanks to all of you for joining me tonight. Thanks to everyone here at your new home for real news. RAV TV, Real America's Voice. Don't forget, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere because live from Studio 6B is up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children, love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth. Good night, everybody. <laughs>